You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley, and we only had one week that you didn't have to come on the podcast. So we have my wife, Cassandra. I thought maybe she was going to bail out for, for longer than this, and you might, but but anyhow, <laughs> it's her birthday month, so right. she, she wanted to come on. When's your birthday next week? That is a trick question for you, isn't it? <laughs> well, no. It's coming soon. <laughs> well, it's next week, so I'm pretty sure it's on the 5th. I know when your birthday is, but it... Uh... I know every wife out there is listening like, why is he asking when his wife's birthday is? Well, I didn't ask your age, so... That's... Oh, I don't mind saying my age. Oh. I'm going to be 46. I love that. Huh. But anyhow, so we have Cassandra here. Uh, we appreciate you coming back. It's... Uh... I think the listeners enjoy it when you're on. I think they get tired of listening to just me. So anyhow, uh, we're into the second week of January. So happy new year to all of you. Last week's episode was on New Year's Day. So anyways, I kind of mentioned it last week. We went over goals last week, just so you know. And I mentioned Radon a little bit, but January is Radon Awareness Month. So you know, I got certified in radon years and years ago, so I have radon monitors. Uh, the Lufty is what you call yes, it. Lufty. The Luf monitor is uh, made by Sun Nuclear, so that the the Luft monitors technically for radon. Um, it's not what I would call a CRM continuous radon monitor, but it does monitor the radon. Anyhow, just for our listeners, it is Radon Awareness Month, and so typically we always talk about radon. Do you know much about radon? I know a little bit about it. It's naturally present, and it can cause significant problems if the numbers are too high, which is why the Luft is the Luft does measure radon, doesn't it? Yes, that's the main that's the main function of it. We yeah. talk to our listeners and say it's for indoor air quality, which it is, <laughs> but but the main function is for radon. Well, and I think most people don't think about radon 
ever. And I know that I pay attention to our Luft monitor a lot. If it turns red, yeah, I'm you always ask asking you. <laughs> yeah. like, I bug you about why did it turn yeah, red today, to have... this morning, tonight? And I think that's important because when you're living in your house, especially I think if you're in a newer home like we are, you don't think that things could be going on with your indoor air quality that could cause problems. You just assume newer house only lived in by us. You just make assumptions that are probably not wise to make. Yeah. yeah you ask me all the time on that loop. I need to I need to figure out how to so you can look at it on your phone. But when it's red, it's typically uh, VOCs or the um, CO uh, or CO2. It's, it's typically not from the radon. Um, so just to kind of back put a little bit, I'll just tell the listeners what radon is because people hear about it they don't think about it. They think because it's a new home, just similar to mold. Most people think a new home means you can't have mold in it. Correct. It was a couple of years ago, we went out to a rural property out in Myrna, Wyoming, which is out in the middle of nowhere. And that home was not even a year old. And the whole crawl space was full of mold, a lot of mold, not yep. just a little bit. So, you know, having a new home doesn't mean that you're not going to have radon or mold issues. But anyhow, radon is the natural decay products of uranium and radium. And it's a gas that comes up through the soils. So if you have a basement, it comes up into the basement. If you have a crawl space, it comes up into that area. If you have a slab on grade, it obviously can come right into the living area. But it is the second leading cause of lung cancer next to smoking. So if you have certain levels in your home, depending on the levels, it, it, I, I don't want to get down that road because the EPA has a chart, but, you know, they, they've deemed if it's an average of over 4, 4.0, you need mitigation. Um, but if, if you have levels that are like in the 20s or 30s, if you're exposed to that for only like 10 years, you can get lung cancer. And we saw a lot of this. I've talked about it a little bit in the past, but... There was a football coach um, for Penn, and he ended up dying of lung cancer. The big talk was, is, well, he only smoked a little bit when he was in his early 20s. But anyhow, they tested for radon in his office at the university and in his home. The office, I think, was at 20. And remember, it shouldn't be over four. And then his home was at 30. So they kind of, you know correlated the, the, the radon and said with the lung cancer and figured that's what it was. Yeah. So, and it, you know, in Utah, there was, this has been several years ago too. There was a woman, I think she was in her fifties, sixties, died of lung cancer. She was a Mormon and said she had never smoked. And most people are like, well, that's not possible. How'd he get lung cancer? You can get it from radon. Well, and I think what's interesting is I was just thinking about this. It feels like for most indoor air quality issues, whether that's mold, spores in the air or radon, they're kind of like viruses in the fact that they're opportunistic. You mm -hmm. give them the right environment, you give them the right passageway to grow or expand, and they will. Exactly. And so does radon, I mean, you talked about how, how what radon is, but I'm just wondering, when I think of radon, I always think maybe the house was built on a former nuclear plant. Like, no. how does radon get in that? No. I mean, so, so the radon... You know, like nuclear waste, and obviously I'm not a chemist or I don't really have the qualifications to go too deep into it, but it has nothing to do with that. Now, if if you built over an old nuclear plant or nuclear waste, that would be, the EPA would have a heyday with that. Radon is not from that. It's from radium um, and uranium. So those are in the soils, and then those two, when they decay, create 
radon. And it's just a gas that comes up. So you can, to answer your question, for the most part, so if you go to the EPA's website and you look at their chart, it runs, it's almost a red line that runs from like southwestern California. And it literally shoots up through Nevada into Utah and right through Wyoming. The interesting part about the radon map, the entire state of Wyoming is all red except for, I think, like Albany County. So one county out of 23 uh, is is in the yellow. So the entire state of Wyoming is, is in a hot zone is what they classify it. Or that's what I call it. But my point is, is going back to your question, it's a, a home that is brand new. It can still have radon and a home next to it might not have radon. And a lot of it doesn't, it has to do with the soils, of course, and those gases that are in the soils, but it has a lot to do with if, like we have a full basement. If everything was sealed up properly, when I say properly sealed up well, we shouldn't have radon here. But let's say our neighbors next to us, they have a lot of cracks in their floor. So it's not sealed up very well. They would have higher radon. So I, I didn't really answer your question, but it has nothing to do with a nuclear power plant. So, but how, I mean, are there are there things that, are there signs that a house somebody is about to buy or build could lend itself to more radon, or you just don't know till you're in the situation? You don't know. Wow. You don't know till you test. That's the other. That's the other problem with 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 radon. So you know, with mold, we can say, yeah, you know, you wake up with a stuffy nose, or you get headaches, or you know, all the symptoms that come along with mold exposure. You don't have that with radon. You get diagnosed with cancer. So the first sign that you, besides, if if you don't test for it. The first sign is cancer, which is it's terrible. It's a terrible way. So the only way, and that's a good question because our listeners should know the only way you know what the radon levels are is to test for it. How often should people be testing for radon? Every other year. Every other year. And what's the connection between radon and mold? Does, does there really isn't. It's an indoor air quality. Okay. Concern. So it's really, so, I mean, but part of it is, I don't know, you should be concerned about all the indoor air quality right. issues in your house. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, our listeners know that sometimes we deviate from mold and we concentrate on indoor air quality concerns, being that it's right on awareness month. And because it's an indoor air quality concern, it's something I like to talk about. We, I think we've done it. I'd have to go back and check. I, I think we've covered it every January since we started the podcast. And the only reason I do is so that our listeners understand, you know, it's a it's a major, major concern because you don't know about the radon levels in your home till somebody gets cancer. And honestly, like you could, let's just say it's a childhood home you, you, you are raised in. And so at 18, you go off to college, you know, 20 years later, you could be living in a brand new home or homes that didn't have any radon. But those 18 years you were in your childhood home, that could have caused the cancer. Absolutely. So um, is there a good time of year to test for radon? Does it matter? Well, it, it, it's kind of complicated. There's a lot to that kind of question. You know, when I got certified in radon testing, I was doing home inspections all the time. So it was a service I offered with a home inspection. When you're in a real estate transaction, obviously we do what's called a short-term test. When we test for radon, you have to have 12 hours of closed home conditions that are verified. So that would mean that 
if I was to test somebody's home, I'd have to show up 12 hours before the inspection or before I drop off the monitor, make sure that the ceiling fans are off, they don't use the, the fireplace, and I leave the instructions, and then come back and set the monitor. Well, most guys are not going to do that, or testers, guys and gals. So instead of that 12 hours of closed home conditions, we just extend the test. So what I always did is I always did a minimum of three days. A short-term test per certification in the EPA is 48 hours, but you have to have that 12 hours closed home. So we would we would typically do three to four days, come back, pick up the monitor. Uh, the machines that I have have little thermal printers. You hook up the printer and print off the results. So going back to what you're asking, like when's the best time? There, the short-term test, in my opinion, is not the most accurate type of testing. There is a long-term test, which is literally like a little canister. I was looking up on my bookshelf to see if I had one in here, but it, it almost is about the size of the agar dish for is mold. Is that the charcoal one? Yes. Okay. It's activated charcoal is what it's called. It's a long-term test. Just to be clear for our listeners, there are some testers out there that use activated charcoal for a short-term test, which is the four-day test. But I prefer a long-term test. The reason why is there's no restrictions besides you can't move the canister. You don't have to keep the windows closed. You can use your fireplace, all the stuff, open windows, open doors. You can do everything you would normally do. That test is for 90 days minimum. Well, of course, in a real estate transaction, we don't have that time frame. So we go with the short term. The problem you have with a short term test is if there's a storm, it's a gas. So if there's a storm, the barometric pressures can affect the levels. Oh, okay. And for the most part, and it's, you know, I don't do a whole lot of radon testing anymore, but a lot of times in per our certifications, if there is some sort a storm or some sort of a storm and the barometric pressures are fluctuating, you're actually supposed to retest. And not to go down the political certification side of things, that's just why I don't think a short-term test is really accurate. It, you get a lot of, of skewed numbers if you do a short-term test. But anyhow, my point is to answer your question, it, there's really not a good time to test. The best way to test is long-term. So I know I went down a huge rabbit hole there, but did I throw too much information out there too quickly? <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, I, I think lots of people want to be able to put their indoor air quality testing on a schedule. And so we have the fall checklist. We have the spring checklist. If well, you I would say winter then a winter. to answer okay. your question okay. like that. Okay. So, so kind of saying, you know, so it's easier to remember every winter, every other year, you're doing mold testing and radon testing in the winter yes. every other year. Yeah. And, and mold testing every year, but mold testing with radon testing done on the op every other year in the yes. winter. Yep. Yeah. And the reason I say winter's probably better is your home is already closed up anyways. Okay. We have to test under closed home conditions. The whole purpose of that, because it's a short-term test, is to capture the highest numbers you'd be exposed to. But when you get into the whole, and I, I talk about this in black mold and home inspections, when you get into the whole real estate transaction side of things, one high test by you know, with a CRM, which is a continuous rate on monitor, that's a machine we use as professionals. It takes a reading every hour. We print the results on site. It's the most accurate way to test. If it comes back high, your realtor typically says, yep, you need mitigation. Well, per our certifications, you should run a second test. Beyond that, our certifications state you should run a long-term test. There's nothing wrong with a long-term test. And for those listeners, they're like, well, how do we close on the home? So if you're listening and you're in the 
process of purchasing a home, you have a high test, you're the buyer. The best thing to do is to get a bid from a, a mitigation company for radon mitigation to see what it would cost. The radon mitigation typically I would say averages between three to five thousand dollars. You can take that money, and obviously you have to work this out with your realtor and the seller. You can take that money, you put it in an escrow account when you close, you move in, once you're all moved in, settled in for a few weeks, you can have a long-term test done. It goes for at least 90 days. If that long-term test comes back over 4.0, then you can move down the mitigation road. The money's already in escrow, you don't have it in your bank account sellers don't have it in their bank account realtor the realtors don't either it's literally the title company holds that money so you literally go to them the money's there they put a mitigation system in the company that does that does a retest to make sure the system's working and it's done yeah does that make sense it does make sense so i i went over that very quickly but it that's just you know the best way to deal with it and to mitigate for mold it's pretty easy in, in a crawl space, better ventilation. Uh, if that doesn't lower the numbers, you put a vapor and barrier. you said to mitigate for mold, but you mean to mitigate or, sorry, for Sorry, mitigate for radon. Okay. Yeah, my bad. I, I always talk about mold, so. <laughs> but to mitigate for radon, you put a vapor barrier down there. Uh, you Thank put you for a, listening a to this episode. You suck the air Make out sure of, you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com uh, and a hole sign in the floor, up for the mold you investigation a, a checklist. In there. There's Again, go to cncontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also, on cncontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations so, once again i think go to you know, we did that home inspection that we had talked about last summer and remember that had a mitigation system remember that's i showed right. that to you that's right and it had a little dial there in the garage where you could see if there was suction yeah. on the system yeah that so makes sense. it's not difficult for our listeners radon is fairly expensive to mitigate as far as in comparison to testing, a test is typically one to three hundred dollars, whereas the mitigation is obviously like five thousand. But as I always say, what is your health worth? Absolutely, five grand's not much. And it's important to document, and like you said, every other year do that testing. Yep, it'll and end up saving you in the long run. Exactly. And if you're going to hire a professional, make sure they use what's called a CRM. That's a continuous rate on monitor. It's a machine. They're they're expensive, but they're way more accurate. If you're going to test on your own, it is Radon Awareness Month. Most county and state health departments give you a free test. And that test is not free once you send it to the lab. They give you the canister for free. Yeah, the charcoal thingy. Yeah, but okay. then you have to pay the lab fees, yeah. which is probably $45. So make sure you go out and get it tested. Like I said, we usually talk about mold, but radon's very important. Well, and, and make sure you invest in something like the Luft monitor. Yes. So that it's really watching a whole bunch of indoor air quality things using an app. And it's one system to monitor a whole bunch of indoor yeah. air quality issues. Yeah. We've promoted that before. We've had listeners that purchase those. Uh, we'll put a link in the description of this podcast because I am an affiliate with, with Luft. But yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And then, you know, if you have any questions as far as indoor air quality, you know, as I've said before, I got certified as a home inspector, mold inspector, radon tester, 
and mold mitigation contractors. So, you know, our consultations don't just cover mold. We go over a lot of the indoor air quality concerns. So you can book those consultations right on our website. Yep. CNCContractorServices.com. Yep. So perfect. Well, thank you for listening. Today's episode was 241. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.